When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Welcome to the program, everybody. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. We're having a little bit of trouble with our live stream tonight, but we're working on it. Promise we'll get it fixed as soon as we're able. And hopefully that will be very, very soon. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about a spot in the United States that has probably the most paranormal activity of any single spot. And that includes UFO sightings. It includes cryptids like Bigfoot, Dogman, Wolfman. It includes alien figure sightings. It includes spirits and ghosts. It It really runs the gamut of paranormal activity. And of course I'm talking about the Skinwalker Ranch. Now, our guest, Ryan Burns, is an author and a researcher, and he'll share tales from the Skinwalker Ranch. He has an adjacent piece of property, which houses the uh, southern vantage point from which you can observe the activity going on on the Skinwalker Ranch. Now, my questions are, why is this particular spot so active? And the number of people that claim that they've experienced something there grows all the time. So it's going to be a very, very interesting conversation with Ryan tonight, and I can't wait to get it underway. I will remind you to go to YouTube, although we're having a little bit of trouble with YouTube right now. But go there and uh, subscribe to the channel. The channel has a new name, by the way. It's JV's Beyond Paranormal. And if you go there, you you can find it also by searching for JV Johnson. But when you go there, please subscribe. Become one of our subscribers. It's free to subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. Become, of our, become part of our community in, on YouTube. We're going to be putting a lot of new programming up there. And if you're a subscriber, you'll have first access to it. Plus, we have uh, an archive of back episodes and bonus content. It's all right on the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search for JV Johnson. You'll find it. The channel's name is JV's Beyond Paranormal. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll bring our guest in tonight, Ryan Burns. We're talking about the Skinwalker Ranch on Beyond Reality Radio. Hey, gang, it's JV here. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Beyond Reality Radio. Some of you are new to the program. And some of you have been with us for years. And no matter if you're interested in ghosts, the UFO phenomenon, conspiracy discussions, or any of the other topics we explore on this program, we do it for you. Our goal here is to help find answers to some of the world's most enduring mysteries. And as we continue to bring you interviews and discussions each night, it's important that we get your feedback and even more importantly, your support. The media landscape is forever changing. And as it does, we need to be able to change with it. That's why it's important for you right now to go to our youtube channel and subscribe once on youtube just search for jv johnson you'll find it there subscribe it's all free and it'll make you part of our global community in addition beyond reality radio is available as a podcast go to your favorite podcast platform and search for beyond reality radio and subscribe there as well And finally, we have an archive program that you may enjoy as well. This show can be found on major podcast platforms, and it's called Beyond Reality Paranormal. 
By supporting us in one or all of those places, you can be sure we'll be able to continue to deliver quality shows to you, no matter what form the media landscape takes. As a paranormal historian, I promise you the best and most entertaining conversations as we continue to hunt for the truth. Tonight, we're talking with Ryan Burns. Now, one of the places that any paranormal investigator wants to visit one day, it's a probably uh, the top of the bucket list for any paranormal investigator is the Skinwalker Ranch. This particular location comes up over and over again and seems to have the most frequent and active paranormal activity. Uh, of any place, maybe on the world, certainly in the United States. But our guest is going to tell us all about that. Ryan Burns is an author and a researcher. His website is spacewolfresearch.com. He also does a podcast called Hero Paranormal, and there's a website for that as well, heroparanormal.com. Ryan, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you here tonight. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I've never had the opportunity to talk to anybody who's got real intimate knowledge of the Skinwalker Ranch, but this is one of those places that just defies explanation. It, it really is. It's a place where it seems like different dimensions merge, and you're able to see things you can't see just, just anywhere. And it's common, it's frequent, it's been going on for a long time. Um, before we get into the details of all that, though, tell us, you know, for somebody who has not heard of this place, what is the Skinwalker Ranch? Is it really a ranch? It, it is. It is a name. It started out being known as the, uh, the old Sherman Ranch or the Utah UFO Ranch. But, you know, to be honest, the activity isn't bound to any particular property. So it's really just this epicenter of the Uinta Basin in general, this shapeshifter corridor, or they call it the path of the skinwalker. And it's got quite a history, doesn't it? I mean, this, this location has these types of activity and uh, phenomena associated with it for quite a long time. Yeah. The natives, uh, say that it is at least 15 generations, and not only is it cursed land, there, there's a lot of anomalies that take place even, even geographically, geomagnetically. There's ley lines present, high-powered power lines coming over the, the ridge above all this corridor, and the history. It, it is, it's somewhere that uh, has quite the history to it. As we get to discussing this, we're going to talk a lot about your property and its uh, its proximity to the Skinwalker Ranch. It's known, or part of it anyway, is known as the Southern Vantage Point. What does that mean? It is, or was, I guess I should say it still is in a way, but it's historically been the place to go. And it was just a place that is a high point where you have a view 360 degrees, and there's different vantage points that researchers in the past would go to to, to see these anomalies. And this one was known as the southern vantage point, this area. And I just realized at a point that, you know, this there's a lot of these people, usually wealthy, getting involved and purchasing, buying up these properties in the Uinta Basin for similar similar things. And they are doing research and things of that nature. And I just kind of realized that 
it, it was a tough sell to my wife, but I realized that, you know, I'm getting older and I needed to have a spot where I could actually go and not worry about being chased off by armed guards or things of that nature where, where it's a little slice of just a, a property where I can, I can do research and, and others can do research and it can be safe. Have you been able to do all of that? And have you been safe? It has been. It has been fairly safe. This is a place that I've had numerous experiences in the past, and others have as well. And, and again, I'm talking about this area in general. If you're anywhere in the, about an 80-mile radius, but if you head towards the epicenter of this anomaly radius there in the Uinta Basin, you'll find that there is a location where these entities seem to have the ability to to come in and go out more easily than usually is the case. And this is due to a variety of factors, and it it's also an area where it seems to be cleaner for, for this, tor- this type of travel. If this was something that it has been speculated and theorized by some of the top minds, but it has some characteristics that this would be a place where if you were doing travel into another dimension. It's a little bit cleaner from a travel perspective, so that that makes it interesting. How did the Skinwalker Ranch get its name? And before you answer that part of it, tell people what a Skinwalker is, because I think most people are familiar with the term, but maybe not everyone is. Sure. It is, it's, it's legendary, really, but it is an actual thing that can take place in a shamanistic fashion, it's known as uh, kind of the opposite of would be, you know, like the positive shaman that you typically think of, but it is known as the witchery way. And it is a way of life that incorporates the use of animal skins, powders of past relatives, a lot of dark arts involved to gain the ability to take the form of an animal. And this has not only importance to the tribe itself, the tribes, I should say, the Ute and Navajo tribes, but it also has similar characteristics with other shapeshifters that are seen culturally throughout the world. So there's some interesting connections. Have you talked with or had an opportunity to maybe interview record some stories from the Native American population? I have. And the interesting thing is that if you talk to them long enough, and that's the hard part, is is if you can gain trust. And I've spoken with multiple people who have told me the same thing, and that is it's not a matter of if you're going to see something, but when. And when you're in these badlands, this particular area, for whatever reason, anomalies are more prevalent. And the ability to see whether it's lights in the sky, what they call ghost lights, in the in, in the valleys, along waterways, or to hear things like the whistler or water babies or these other anomalous shapeshifter-like phenomena that takes place right, right there. It's one of those places that... It- um, for anyone who has had an interest in paranormal phenomena, it's on their radar. and uh, But it's still somewhat of a, 
I don't know. Is is it? It's private, right? I mean, it's not. Is it available for people to visit? It is not, and that it, it's it's not. It's it's a checkerboard of private land, native land, and it is it's not available to visit. However, the area is so large and the expanse so wide that if you do find a place where you can camp anywhere nearby, and there are there are places like that, you can see every bit as much as you can if you're on a quote-unquote particular property itself. The property boundaries really mean nothing to this phenomenon. It's, it's, it's just smitten and very eager to engage with someone that wants to witness the display. So it will show itself regardless of, you know, a particular location. You've mentioned a few things already, and I, I don't want any details on any of these experiences yet because we have a lot of time to get into those details and only a couple minutes before our break. But just kind of tick off for us a checklist of the type of activity that people have witnessed on the Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, uh, very large, massive, almost dire-like wolves, which are bigger than timber wolves and every bit as fast as anything you can imagine, can keep up with cars. Uh, wild varieties of dogmen, people standing along the roadways with, with the heads of dogs or running alongside of vehicles at night, many, many different type of craft, as well as in the daytime, everything from refrigerator-shaped chupa-like UFOs to small triangles, large disks, you name it. It's there. Uh, probably the characteristic that I find the most amazing is the actual portals themselves that can be seen manifesting, staying open for a short amount of time, and the entities or other light bodies that can come through those portals. And that that's kind of the holy grail, in my opinion, that when you see that, it's just very obvious that you're you're at the right place type of a thing. And, and they do take place sporadically in in this in this epicenter of activity and they also inspire i mean you know when when you're able to capture some of this particular activity you can't help but develop a curiosity that becomes in your case and many others uh people who have been there a lifelong pursuit to get answers as to what is what exactly is going on absolutely it it is a very big reminder that the universe and our reality is a lot bigger than the lie that we kind of tell each other it is each day and, you know, that it's the nine to five and uh, having the latest, greatest, whatever, you know, widget. But what you find is that there is a lot larger reality that when, when you are able to tap into it, it's, it's mind-boggling the possibilities of that. And I think that this area, among others, is going to hold some of the keys that will unlock some of the largest questions about humanity and our place in the universe. How long have you been doing all this? With extreme fervor since about 2005, but I've been involved since the mid to late 90s. Tonight we're talking about the Skinwalker Ranch. This is a place that is known for amazing amounts of paranormal activity. 
And our guest is Ryan Burns. Ryan is an author and a researcher. He's been studying the Skinwalker Ranch from his southern vantage point, an adjacent property to the ranch for quite some time now. And uh, we were talking about the types of activity, Ryan, that occur on the Skinwalker Ranch. Would you say there's any particular concentration? Would it be considered UFO alien? Would it be considered shapeshifter or cryptid? Uh, Is there any one uh, category that seems to get the most um, activity? They all have their place, and it is... It's difficult to know what is going to happen. It, you can have anything from a predator-like creature that is seems kind of chameleon-like. You you can just see a blurriness about it, almost like a figure running through a field, but it's blurry. Uh, a lot of wolf-like animals are reported, and it it's to answer your question, no, uh, you you can't always be so sure what you're going to see. Let's talk about some of the words you've used to talk about this location. One of the things you call it is a paranormal ecosystem. Tell us what you mean by that. It is a location that seems, the region in general, seems to have something about it that is out of this world or allows for things that are out of this world to roam. And it, it it's very strange because it almost seems like a hallucination, but everybody's having them, researchers, people that have engaged with this. And a lot of other explanations have been given. But at the end of the day, when you're able to catch it on certain recording devices and have multiple people agree to what they are seeing it's it's obvious that there is some type of phenomena about the area that allows us through there's a lot of electromagnetic fields too ball lightning is very common there and the orbs that you see a lot of times resemble ball lightning and when you have certain times of the year the season or inclement weather, new moons, things of that nature, it it seems to be electrified and and magnified. Are there other places around the globe that share that that, that title that you would give it of a paranormal ecosystem? Anywhere else in the world that qualifies? I can think of some. However... I don't know them as intimately. Sedona is one that I've started to know somewhat intimately with various trips there, and it has a very similar ability to allow certain things in and out, but it is a different it's it's a different place. It it doesn't it, it seems to me that it has a different intelligence there, and I want to call it that because we really don't know what some of these things are. How many reports of creatures like Dogman or a Wolfman-type creature have have you heard of? Is that something that's awfully common on the Skinwalker Ranch? It is. There have been numerous, numerous 
sightings of creatures that can only be described as shapeshifters. And these sightings can be everything from local businessmen running into, you know, what they consider dogmen, very credible people, and then they get out of their vehicle and there's nothing there. Right. And their truck, their truck's a mess. There's uh, cases of people seeing them out along the roadways or in the fields, and those are probably the most common. And when they see them, are we seeing them as a canine, uh, uh, canine type creature on two feet, or do we see them on all fours? What's the what's the typical sighting sound like? I think that the typical sighting begins with a large canine or something along that. And it, none of these are typical. They're all really abnormal. But, right. yeah, usually it starts in a somewhat dog form and then will lend credence to the fact that it has the ability to turn more human-like later on in the sighting. And that's typically because these things don't move quite normally. They move a lot like marionettes sometimes or robotically, something that doesn't quite seem right in its own skin. And the Native American cultures of the Ute and the Navajo often would call these shapeshifters or skinwalkers witches from the other side. So it's it's really, there could be dark arts involved, but even then you're still allowing something from the other side through, which is what I think a lot of the sightings are. Many people that have seen, particularly a dogman-type creature, have reported having a overwhelming sense of foreboding and menacing. Do those types of sensations accompany the reports that you've heard of? Yes, and it it is interesting because I had one sighting with one researcher that was one of the more remarkable, and there was so much fear that between the two of us when we saw what manifested come about that it actually just kind of demanifested and disappeared in the same way that it had appeared. Mm. And that, that, that's quite common. It, it, it wants to interact with, with someone. It's an intelligence. It's, it's precognitive as uh, Colonel John Alexander termed it. It's a, it's a precognitive sentient intelligence. And so a lot of times it knows what you're thinking before you are thinking it. The interesting thing is that it also likes this interaction and to be played with because it's a trickster. So you can have a lot of fun with it, with things like ITC or random number generation or other toys that it can uh, try to manipulate. The Wolfman type creature. I mean, we've all heard stories, you know, we've seen the movies. We all have a sense of what a Wolfman uh, is. But are those Hollywood versions of a Wolfman what we're talking about um, in relationship to the sightings at Skinwalker? It's a little different. And I only say that from what I've gathered as I've researched it, more of an internal basis of what you're seeing. From the outside, yes, it looks like a dogman or a quote-unquote skinwalker. and But on the other side, what's actually taking place is not Hollywood at all. There's there's an actual summoning of 
forces from the other side or the actual, uh, I guess, dimensionality of the other side coming through. And that's what you're witnessing. You can tell right away that it's, it's something otherworldly in the way that it moves, in the way that it can manifest, disappear, appear, uh, and everything in between. You keep talking about the other side. What is the other side? Where Are we talking about a spirit realm? Are we talking about a dimensional uh, realm that's not part of this dimension? What's the other side in terms of what you've been referring to? And I'm probably referring to it incorrectly because I think it's other sides. And because a lot of things have been witnessed in the area. For example, I've, some researchers and scientists have been trying to time these portals and when they're opening. And usually this is to see entities or craft or something along those lines. And in one occasion, there was a portal opening and researchers and scientists were watching this and they were so fixated on the portal that they didn't notice that there was like an alien gray to the side also fixated on the same portal. When they finally saw that this was also fixated on the portal, it, the reality of that multiple things are going on in the same space. So it may not just be the other side. It could be multiple things, so other sides. But it is really a place where you can see other realities coming through into our own. And quite literally with the portals, you can see other skies, backgrounds, uh, different times of the day. Usually at night, you can actually see, as they manifest and open up, you can actually see a different sky. It looks like in a different place, like a comple- completely other reality and things coming in and out of these openings. What do you do for to observe? Do you set up camera equipment? Do you just sit on a porch and watch? Uh, how How actively are you observing this phenomena, and are you recording any of it? Sometimes you record, sometimes you don't. I try to always have cameras going at all times, whether those be game cameras or cameras that can track or see movement in the sky. But when you actually go out to observe, a lot of it is just getting in the right mindset to be open to the moment. A lot of times these moments can just last for a matter of seconds. And then they're they're done. So it's kind of getting into that mindset of, okay, whatever happens, I'm just ready for it. And it doesn't hurt to try to have your head in a good place. It is a place that can take whatever you're thinking and sort of like a snowball being rolled down a hill. That will gather momentum and get bigger and bigger to the point where there will be a point of, I like to call it, where that tr- that thought tries to enter there this reality. And it is a lot like, it's kind of a cheesy example, but it is a lot like the movie Ghostbusters, where if whatever you think of is what it will try to manifest as, because it is, in some cases with these entities, something that can change shape. So it is willing to interact and take your suggestion. How important is that? Uh, you know, if someone is closed-minded to these ideas, will they just not see anything? Some people kind of just break down internally, 
And it's strange. Others just get a bad feeling, a feeling of nausea, and they just want to leave the area. And some will stick with something in their mind to the point where it will manifest, and everybody sees it. So So if I'm a a non-believer, say, and I'm completely close to these ideas, and I'm standing next to you or someone else who is open to these ideas, will the person standing next to me see something and I won't? Is that, has that happened? No, it, it almost always, if we're standing directly beside each other, if one person sees it, the other one will as well. If we're triangulated and we have a more distance between us, like thousands of feet, then there's a possibility because of the way these things show themselves that two out of the three people will see it or one out of the three. But typically all three won't if you're kind of surrounding something which is also strange that it's got an angular way of entering and exiting. Ryan, would you say the Skinwalker Ranch in your quest for answers has, uh, has changed your life? Yes, absolutely. It has reminded me that there's a lot more to our existence than we even could fathom. And that is what? Spiritual? It's uh, uh, the fact that we're not alone in the universe, uh, the fact that there are alternate dimensions um, that are crossing over with ours. What? How, how are we not alone? I mean, what did you mean by that? I'm glad you asked that because I, I there there is a point where it does become spiritual whether you want it to or not. And that can be whether... Your thought systems are there to hurt you or to help you. And people that are negative just don't do well there. Uh, people that have massive egos just don't do well there. This is very, very malleable clay for some of the tricksters that are able to use the area for their own, I don't know if it's selfish needs or just, just interaction, but yeah, ha- having your head in the right place is important, and there is a spirituality just just about that. There's got to be something, and and maybe you've got some theories as to why there, why all of that, and why there. Yeah, there are. There is e- even back when uh, Father Escalante and Doming- Dominguez came through, routing different routes uh, for the Spanish for for travel and, and, and the old Spanish trail, as they came through, they witnessed things and wrote things down in their logbooks. And since then, there's been a lot that has transpired both magically uh, because it was a Calvary fort that was holding the Ute tribe, and this is after the Utes had actually sold out the Navajo tribe, which was in San Luis Valley of Colorado, which is also an active location, but that's another story. And the Navajo had cursed the Ute with the, this quote-unquote skinwalker, or a you know witch from the other side is what they call it, he who walks on all fours. And the cavalry members were mostly... Prince Hall Masons in the form of Buffalo soldiers who were practicing voodoo and throwing curses to the Ute. The Ute were throwing curses to the Buffalo soldiers. The Navajo had already thrown a curse to the Ute who were there. And then 
add to this in the Utah Central Water Project threw in a massive water reservoir on a very porous sandstone ridge, which was also known as the path of the Skinwalker, and add to that very massive power lines along the top of it, which raise the electromagnetic frequency to levels that are unheard of. And it's even more exaggerated now because the casings on these lines are so old and brittle that most of them have just worn off, and the EMF frequencies are off the charts with anything that you can measure with. So when you add all this together, throw it all into an area that was already charged, I think we just have an example of what can happen. Are you saying that all of this combined is just creating basically an energy storm that allows this stuff to happen, allows it to manifest? Yes, there is a a lot going on. It's very, very charged, and it is along a parallel that is very charged anyway from from a ley line perspective. And uh, it's it's a location that books have been written about this parallel, actually, and it it involves, it, it gets so deep, it involves even more with the oil industry now coming in and it, one warning that the original owners, the Myers, gave the Shermans when they sold them the property was to not dig. And the reason for that being said is still debated. Wait, wait, dur- during, the, during the transfer, they, they told the, owner, the buyers to not dig? Correct. Hmm. And oftentimes with, this is a theory, this has been debated very, very many ways. Some people say that this was because they had a family member who happened to be buried on the property. Others say that more likely it is the fact that these forces, when when digging occurs and the land is disturbed, activity tends to rise up. So with the oil industry coming in and they put a they put an oil rig, the closest oil rig to the quote-unquote ranch is actually right near where I'm at. And there's an argument that these elemental forces or part of the equation is erupted in some way, shape, or form so that when you have urges of activity and digging takes place, it's even more magnified. So... It's very interesting. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I want to talk about some of the UFO, or I mean, I don't even know if that's the right way to to describe it. It's just a it's a it's a label that everybody understands when we start talking about UFOs or talking about aliens or maybe spacecraft. I've heard a lot of stories about uh, sightings of odd lights and um, and and what would be considered some type of alien craft landing on the Skinwalker Ranch or hovering around the Skinwalker Ranch. Have you witnessed any of that? Yes, and it's interesting that you mentioned the word UFO and how that has, you don't know if that's what you should call it because just to not go completely off on a different thing, but the programs that are through the Pentagon that actually have been studying this area were actually called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. put it the word UFO, and the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Application Program. So, but... 
yes, they're lights, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're nuts and bolts. They could be biological in nature. A lot of times these things seem just kind of like intelligences or consciousnesses. You can tell that they are sentient and that they know that they are intelligently controlled. This isn't just some chaotic light, you know, that anomaly. They are able to follow you or sense you and things of that nature. There's a difference between lights that are hard to distinguish their origin or their, you know, their source, uh, even if they're close. You know, when a light is shining at you, it's hard to often see what's behind it producing the light. Um, but there are times when you can see a craft, even with its lights, and determine that it is actually a craft. It is a some type of um, mechanical or uh, electronic um, device that is airborne. Have you ever seen anything that you can, without hesitation, say is actually a craft? Yes. There was one in particular that comes to mind where it was, at first I thought it was a truck on a ridge line, and this was actually about 25, 20, 20 miles to the east of the epicenter we're talking about. But it looked like a truck on a ridge line. This is on a location that I thought, well, gosh, where's there a road up there? And sure enough, this, this truck that I thought was a truck just kind of popped off the ridge line. And it looked like it had one light out, but it actually just had one light. Because at first I thought, oh, it must be a vehicle. Right. But it literally popped right off the ridge line. And I watched it hover, turn, and just kind of slowly start going through this valley. And that, I think, was ours. Or I would like to think, you know, that was our tax money at work because it seemed very kind of sculpted and it had, you know, the type of things that humans would put. It looked like a light LED light bar along the back, things like that. So I tend to think, and, you know, the Department of, De- of Defense has actually admitted that through some of their people involved with this, that they have tested some quote-unquote toys in the area. And it's a location that... Everybody seems to have a a piece of the pie. It's very interesting. On your website, you mentioned something called UFO DAP technology, uh, something that you employ in your research. What is that? Yeah, UFO DAP is a a great, great product. It's developed by, I heard of it through Chris O'Brien. Ron is actually the developer. And they create, it's basically a data acquisition program, and the cameras themselves are able to not only engage with something that activates them, but then track it across the sky and triangulate it. So really cool stuff and really cool guys that are just interested in getting the best images. Ryan, tell us a little bit about the podcast before we go any further. Sure. It is just a podcast that goes into areas of fringe beliefs, whether that be society and culture, secret societies, cryptozoology, 
or um, anything of the like, things that make you just wonder about our reality. And we do go down the shapeshifter and skinwalker type uh, theories often as well. It's called Hero Paranormal. How often do you um, release new episodes and where can people find it? Yeah, at least once a week. You can find it on YouTube or at HeroParanormal.com. Also on Facebook under the same name. And yeah, like and subscribe. Check it out uh, at least once a week. Free podcasts and then more if, if, if people are in, interested in more ways to get more as well we've had uh, reports at the skinwalker ranch i haven't personally but i've heard other people talking about reports of seeing actually seeing what they think are aliens actual extraterrestrial beings have you heard those reports have you had any of those experience and um do you think there's any confusion going on here with a shapeshifter versus an actual et that is a yes as far as seeing one. and You have seen one? I have seen one. It was on a ridge line, and it just seemed like a bit too skinny to be a human being. It, it sort of was, was pulling it off. It had a flannel shirt on and a, a baseball hat, but the hat didn't fit right. The head was a little bit, a little bit long. Hmm. And it weighed about a hundred and very lightweight for its for its stature, maybe maybe a hundred pounds, you know, and, and very tall. So it it spoke in in a language that we didn't understand. So you must have been close to it then. We were very close to it. Was this and, a day or night? Uh huh. Was it a day? It was at night. At nighttime. Mm-hmm. And it had it it. It basically was a situation where it was fight or flight, and I didn't either. I just kind of stood my ground. I just didn't move. Mm-hmm. And the other researcher took off running, and I think that helped because he got a little bit of an augmented view from a distance of what was going on as well. And it was investigating us, or I guess we were investigating it, but there was that, that sighting. And for quite some time, I thought, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Is there like a interdimensional just airport? Right. And the reality is a lot of the scientists and researchers that have been paid, you know, the best minds across the world, they are investigating this general area and what they are investigating is wormholes and interdimensional stargates that are available to multiple sides and, and very strange when you when you start analyzing what the reports are. So it's 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 big stuff. We know the Skinwalker Ranch itself is very active. Your uh, property is adjacent. Does that activity spill over to your property? Or does it does it stop at the at the border or before the border between your property and the ranch? You know, I think it's the entire area, to be honest with you. And some of the most amazing things we've seen have been in the completely opposite direction of the quote unquote ranch. Oh wow! And it it really just depends, you know, where you see it. 
I don't think you can pinpoint a location. Although I do believe that this this little corridor, this valley, this little fertile ground between really badlands, high desert, is sort of an intergalactic port of some sort, in at least a dimensional way. Is there a way we can tell whether or not we are seeing, or and I haven't seen them, but you have, or others that are reporting these uh, visions or these sites, are they see? Is there a way we can tell if if they are interstellar or they are interdimensional? Do we have a fix on that? There is not not in a not in a way that you can prove without a doubt, but there are certain characteristics that these quote unquote portal locations have, and some of those are you know the smell of ozone or sulfur. Uh, in this particular case, in this area, there is something that shouldn't be here that is usually in close proximity to these portal locations, and they are prions, and prions can be very dangerous things, and there's there's a lot going on. There, it, it's just a very fertile ground for energy, and energy having the ability to manifest. What's the most amazing story of the Skinwalker Ranch that you've heard of, Ryan? There's so many that it's hard to point at any one. There's everything from raptor-like creatures being shot at in trees to these massive dire wolves being shot point blank with no effect and things of that nature. And they, they happen frequently. If you, if, you're, if you hang around enough, you hear these stories and they have similarities, but for the most part, they're completely different. And you've been collecting your own evidence for quite some time as well. Uh, what type of stuff have you caught? You know, the most interesting things have been, for example, my some things that my caretakers have seen that are constantly there at the property or security. One was three dog-like massive creatures just jumping over a fence line onto our property, playing with cameras, throwing them around, kind of trying to engage with uh, who, who at the time was a complete skeptic security at that point. And finally he grabbed his firearm. His uh, the, the other fellow grabbed his firearm. They started walking down the road towards these things and they got fairly close. And when they thought they were going to go come and towards them, they shot and it had absolutely zero effect on them, except that they stood still and finally just, jumped over the fence and ran off in the direction they came. And it's these stories that come from skeptics that resonate the most with me because there's definitely an augmented reality up there through that portal proximity or the states that the mind goes into. It's got to be a bit unnerving if you use a firearm on a creature that's approaching you and it has no effect. Is that because these creatures aren't physical? The more that I look into it, it does appear that there is a darker intelligence that surpasses us in just about every way that is possibly monitoring us or wanting to engage with us in certain areas. And it's disturbing with a lot of these encounters, so much, in fact, that the government itself has not only come in to determine the threat, 
but also to test possible weapons on the phenomena. So it, at least this is a general theory because of the names of some of the projects. But we are definitely trying to, as a government, analyze the threat because this technology is things that we can only dream of doing. Have you ever taken the opportunity to go to one of the places or an area where some of these sightings have occurred and spent the night? Absolutely. You have? Yes. Not afraid of that? No, not really. I, I think that the moments where I've had this interaction or seen this display are some of the moments that have kind of made me who I am. And so it is really not anything that I see as being a threat to me. I just feel like a casual observer. When I'd asked you about some of the uh, what we would consider to be the reasons there's so much activity in this particular area, and that's when you outlined the water and you outlined the power lines, and you also talked about Native American curses and culture. Um, talk a little bit more about that. What is it about Native American culture that seems to lend itself so readily to these otherworldly powers and spirituality? Well, if these are forces that are more baseline or elemental in nature and things that can be disturbed when the ground is dug upon, things of that nature, it is possible that there is a more intense connection through certain bloodlines that they are able to connect or witness or see something coming before someone else might. And... It is, it's a strange area to discuss. The Native Americans, I mean, frequently we'll have somebody on the show who is a psychic or a medium, and often when I ask the question, does this uh, follow your genetics, is it in your family, uh, many times I'll hear an explanation that, yes, I'm actually part Native American. And it seems to just carry along with it a very, uh, a very spiritual sensibility that doesn't necessarily uh, apply to everyone. And now you talk about curses and these tribes, um, you know, several hundred years ago were casting or performing curses on each other, which may have attributed uh, or contributed to what's going on in the Skinwalker Ranch. Do we know what kind of curses these were? And uh, I mean, is it anything that we might be familiar with today? The, the curses are wide ranging. Typically, when shapeshifters are involved, the curses are not as wide of ranging. However, they are usually more arconic and complex of a curse when a shapeshifter is involved because they're trying to gather some of that fear energy in a lot of cases. But money can be involved, recognition in the area a lot of the same things that draw evil in any way. What's your next step? I mean, what what other things can you research and investigate? You've been there a long time. You've been doing this. You've got to have some targets. Yes, it's it's interesting. I, I'm I'm finding that through random number generation that these tricksters they tend to engage and be able to manipulate that. However, 
through quantum random number generation, they aren't. So they're definitely gods, if you want to call them that, with a small G and not a big G. They're not something that's all omnipotent. They are precognitive in a sense that they're able to engulf your existence and try to analyze everything that's going on around you and make a justified, analyzed guess as to what's going to happen. And they're really accurate, but they're not like God with a big G where it's an all-omnipotent intelligence. But whatever it is, it's tricky enough to get the attention of the highest levels of black budget and Department of Defense eyes. It, it's are you privy to a, that information? I mean, you seem to you seem to bring it up quite a bit. Uh, do you have firsthand it, knowledge of some of this stuff that the government is quite doing? public, which is interesting because the majority of the population aren't aware of it. But it's become quite public information uh, between people that are very involved. You realize that. There is a specific amount of effort and money placed at researching this because of the implications, something that seems to have the ability to do things that we can only dream of. We see that as a threat initially, and then we tend to want to analyze it and figure out how to weaponize it. And that's just how the military works, and I totally get it. But what's so interesting is, with an interdimensional possible cryptid that's able to maneuver through space and time, that's kind of not any threat at all to something of that nature. We um we have reports of dogman creatures and uh, wolfman type creatures uh, all over the country. They're not they're not exclusive to the Skinwalker Ranch area. Do you think that those creatures that are sighted in other parts of the country? Are the same creatures that are being sighted at this around the Skinwalker Ranch, or is it is it a different phenomenon? Well, it could be related because a lot of these things tend to be related, at least in nature or spiritual. In essence, a lot of these are entities that are reported throughout time since since humanity has recorded seeing these things. It's been a long time. And the the whole idea of shapeshifters has been around a long time. And it's one of those things where there's smoke, there's fire to all sides of this. Because when I've denied looking at one particular thing, that will be what will answer a particular question for me. And the Native American aspect is very real. That's a very real aspect. I'm curious because um, the more I hear you talk about these sightings and these phenomenon and you I, I i'm becoming more convinced there's an interdimensional component to it all and i'm not convinced there's an inter- interdimensional component to the sightings that other people have reported in other parts of the country so that's I'm, I'm a little confused as to whether or not i believe that it's the same phenomenon or it's something uh different and in fact if it's interdimensional to skinwalker ranch could it possibly be that uh you know, there's there's an intelligent life form that is intentionally trying to take the form of, of these particular beasts uh, because they know they're frightening and they know they're scary. It has been justified as so many things, and I, I love hearing the different depictions because all the theories have some relevance. 
it, it, some scientists have said that it's an alien artificial intelligence, which really, I mean, how different is that from, you know, a more spiritual entity or a or something of a darker nature? But there is an essence about them that is dimensional, as, as, as you're saying, and their ability to manifest energy and materialize and dematerialize is it's it's just there's an interdimensional aspect to it that we don't have the ability to manipulate the way they do. Do you do this work with a team? Yeah, I do. I do. I have consultants, security people. I have uh, particular individuals who have been there before researching, older researchers in the area, uh, Dave Rosenfeld, um, other experts that are more into the intertrans communication aspect of it. I just try to, anybody that I think can be helpful, I'll, I'll, I'm not too proud to ask. And uh, any books or anything in the future? I mean, you've been collecting a lot of data. Yeah, there's there's another book coming out. It will just be called Space Wolf Research, and it should be out soon. But I would say probably it's still probably, before it gets to print, probably a couple months. All right, so one more time, let folks know how they can follow. Right, for, before, I, before I do that, um, I know the Skinwalker Ranch is not open to the public. Is there a way that if somebody just want to come try to witness some of this activity, experience in some way. Is there an organized way they can do that that you're familiar with? My recommendation would be to go to one of the two water areas, and that would be Bottle Hollow Reservoir, which we discussed before, which is a hot spot in that you get to see a lot. Um, you get a Native American permit, and you request to camp there at Bottle Hollow. And not only is it beautiful, but you get a really good view to the south of the epicenter. And if you want to see it to the north, there's another place called Pelican, where you can also get a permit to just overnight camp there. And same thing, but the view would be more to the northwest. And you pretty much have it triangulated at that point. There's there's some other places where you can also legitimately stop and park and things of that nature. But if you're going to just camp out and really look, those would be my recommendations. All right. So once again, let people know how they can follow your work and um, you know pay attention to what you've got going on. Sure. Uh, check out heroparanormal.com. You can also go to ryanpatrickburns.com. Look for the Utah UFO Ranch, which is a book, or a more recent one would be Shapeshifter Territory, both available on Amazon. Also check out spacewolfresearch.com. Ryan, thanks so much for being here tonight. It's a fascinating discussion. Appreciate your time. Yep, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. If you're new to the YouTube stream, I saw a lot of new folks in the YouTube stream tonight. Please subscribe to the channel. And if you haven't found our YouTube channel, go to YouTube and just search for J.V. Johnson. It's very, very easy to find. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Great chat room, an archive of about 400 back episodes of the program, and much, much more. It's Beyond Reality Radio. We'll see you tomorrow night. 
Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.